We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Dayas. At Nick Dayas 10 is where you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. My guy is in here in with here. the fire shirt, bro. You got me hyped. You know that's one of my favorite rappers, right? Yeah, YG all day. My guy, dude. We went to we went to OVO Fest in uh, 2015. No, 2016. So this is after Still Brazy. Yeah. Yeah. And he... Big Sean and J. Cole were the first night, and then Drake was the second night. And I remember... That's a lineup. That was a lineup, bro. <laughs> and uh, it was it was Eric, Joey, Dylan, and me that went. And we were running late. We, were, we had just left this party on Sunday. Drake was Monday night. We left the party Sunday. This place, Cabana, bro. One of my favorite places I've ever been to. Like, venue-wise, it was sick. It's like this like outdoor sort of club bar area mm-hmm. but it's all cabanas instead of like tables wow. so it's very it's it's ill and it overlooks the whole skyline of toronto and mm-hmm. shit it's dope so we were running late and yg opened mm-hmm. and i think it was joey was like ah oh, man it's just yg you know it's no big deal if we miss and then me and dylan were just like yo bro he's <laughs> nice like he got hits Dude, he gets the crowd high for real yeah. man it was that, sick. It's that, oh, i like the old west coast sound yes and during that time was drake and meek so you were on yeah this, uh, so we we oh, saw man. the the back-to-back freestyle and charged up the whole nine that was a really cool yeah. ovo fest but that sure got me hyped when i saw you walking uh, with we, had, we had to represent because i think the best nfl team is currently in los angeles the, the other los angeles team is also not too far from there which you called last week yeah yeah well dude you know that it could be uh i know it's only week three but Man, LA football right now is rocking. I, mean, I labeled the last episode LA football is running wild. It is. Cuz you know, the Chargers Chargers could be 3 and 0 also. Yeah, I think Chargers got clear up that was red zone. I think in the red zone right now, they're still despite Mike Williams, Mike Williams might be the like top 5 receiver way he's playing right now. Yet they're still having red zone issues. If they could just figure out other ways besides rely on Mike Williams, oh, cuz that to me that's the one issue with the Chargers right now. I've noticed besides obviously kicking. They're cursed for life when it comes to kickers. Yeah, it's so crazy. <laughs> it was like Tampa Bay until they found their guy now that they've had for like Suck you up, know. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think uh they might have to hire like an outside consulting firm just to evaluate kickers, but besides that when you watch the Chargers so far, it's like they're pretty flawless and Man, what more can you say about Brandon Staley? We obviously you want to see seventeen games how he, how that looks, but it seems like everything he touches just turns to gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get to that in a little bit because those are two of the three games we're going to highlight are going to mm-hmm. fe- feature both LA teams playing in monster monster games this weekend. But I want to I, I came up with this segment idea, and you know shout shouts to Burnsy in the Discord, the VM Discord. You can get in there if you're a member of the Patreon. Cheap plug, but. He wanted to, he kind of pitched this idea as a segment, and I kind of maneuvered it around a little bit, but basically, I got a list here of a couple of teams, players, groups, 
And I think we should talk about them from the standpoint of should we or are we concerned with them? Mm-hmm. For example, let's start off with Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> that video of him just falling down on that one pass oh. is hilarious. There's dude. a lot of videos going around Ben Roethlisberger right now. If you want to look at one, uh, Stephen Ruiz, who writes for The Ringer, he posted a video of like just – Worst place of Big Ben Roethlisberger against the the Bengals, but he put the background like it's from the 1960s, and it just it, like the title just says uh, NFL. You couldn't play like this in 2021, but it looks like Big Ben's playing the 60s. That's how slow he's moving. I recommend go on Stephen Ruiz's Twitter. It just highlight of Roethlisberger's worst plays, and it's not to the end where he throws the interception to the linebacker. It's just the way he's playing right now. It looks like it's in super slow mo. Like to me, I thought Jacoby Brissett. Watching him was in slow-mo. You watch Big Ben Roethlisberger play in slow-mo, it's like 10 times. Yeah. yeah. Well, he he fit the mold of a guy. I feel like we've identified a guy the last three seasons that we've been doing this as that fall-off-the-cliff guy, right? We mm-hmm. talked about Phillip Rivers. Well, we, it first started with my guy, Eli, yeah, right? Where yeah, you, Rivers, just, yeah. you just looked at him and you're like, man, it's, it's just not looking good, right? right. So it was, it was Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning. Uh, Drew Brees, yeah. as far as arm strength. Like, Sean Payne did just, everything he could. But. Yeah, he tried his best yeah. to protect him. And then Big Ben checked that box last year, was proving us wrong. And then around elite, uh, week 11, week 12, it just started to just spiral out that of control. Washington game. And it seems like that's transitioned into this season. Right. He just I, can't push the ball downfield. Yeah, and he has the weapons for it. Right. And I feel as if there's always a result week one where we look back at at the end of the season, right before the playoffs, and we're like, how the hell did this team beat that team? Mm-hmm. Steelers-Bills is in the top four or five. What the hell games was was yeah. that, right? Probably say same thing with the Packers, Saints. Right, yeah. right. So there's a few of them. So Big Ben, what else What else can you say? Are you concerned? How do, how do you feel about Big Ben right now? I don't think he should be starting. Uh, whether they should trade for... Sign Cam Newton, trade for Drew Locke. Like, wow, was, I like that even one. St- crazy sound, start Dwayne Haskins here. I just think th- this has got to be something better out there. Because right now, Rossberg, he's just hindering the offense. He, he, any slight of pressure, you know he's going to go down. They've been trying to run play ash with him. They've been trying to run more uh, pre-snap motion, try to get some RPO work. And, like, it's just not resulting in anything. It's just like you just see players waiting for the ball. Like Chase Claypool should be doing a lot more, but he just consistently getting underthrown or just kind of having the hope for the like six yard hitch and get the ball. Like, like, dude, there's no way Nashi Irish should have 18 targets in the game. As great as he is, I think he's been very impressive so far. But 18 targets for a guy like him, it's not like he's Christian McCaffrey or Austin Eckler. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I played him on DraftKings. And I'm just looking at the game, and I'm like, oh, my God, this dude has 40 yards, 50 mm-hmm. yards, whatever it was. And then I remember, I'm like, oh, shit, DraftKings is full PPR. Yeah. I look at his name, fire emoji, because yeah. it's like fire. Right, they do that. It, they give you under three categories. It's a fire, it's a snowflake, and then it's just black, just a number, right? right? It means like you're doing on pace. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, holy shit, he has 27 points. What the hell? That's and then just... I look at the box where I'm like, 18, 19 <laughs> targets, 14. I'm like, what the hell? And you're right, dude. But to to bring the whole Steelers situation into this, what else can they do to feature Najee Harris? I saw a stat that 70% of his carries, he's getting hit three three yards behind the line of scrimmage. Right, and I saw our boy Mike Runner post, like Steelers are last in rushing success rate. They're like at 16%. So basically when they're running the ball, they're getting three or less yards pretty much all the time. So I don't know what can they do. I just think because we knew going to season, the offense line was going to be a problem just due to the cap situation and not drafting particularly well. We knew it was going to be a problem. So at this point, it's just like I think the hope for Pittsburgh was their playmakers will get them out of trouble mm. with Deontay Johnson and Claypool and Smith-Schuster. And I know Johnson, Smith-Schuster, well, Smith-Schuster got injured during the Cincy game and Johnson was out from the previous game. He got injured literally on the last play of a meaningless, uh, who, against the Raiders. Yeah. Just trying to do 12 laterals and shit. Like, and what are in, we doing, In man? the 10-point game. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and now you miss the game because uh, who knows how long he's going to be out. So. Yo, 
play calling sometimes just blows my mind. I was talking about it with Impy on that last pod. How do you attempt a 68-yard field goal if you're in Arizona outdoors against Jacksonville? Like, I was about to say, if, if you're in Baltimore, you attempt it. But uh. Yeah, but even <laughs> so, that's indoors. Right. A little bit different. And also your Game kicker is, is, is yeah. the man, yeah. too, right? And then you look at that one play. Jacoby Brissett throws that swing pass against Miami yeah. three yards into the end zone. It's like, what are we doing, dude? And it goes back to that point of you throw these passes and you get your guys hurt. Mm-hmm. It so. just doesn't make sense. I, I'd be concerned if I was Pittsburgh. All I was right. not high on Pittsburgh coming in. And my opinion of them didn't change after that win against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I thought they caught Buffalo snoozing. I thought it was more of a play from a betting perspective than it was an actual X's and O's. Because right. you look back at that game, Pittsburgh didn't really do anything like crazy. A special teams it was a special touchdown. teams touchdown. Yeah. And, and the, Good defensive the, game plan. And Josh Allen seemed like he took the whole summer off. Yeah, he missed some throws. Yeah, it's not the same Allen we've seen the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. So, Pittsburgh, I'd be concerned because of – the teams that we're going to highlight in this segment, they're the ones that don't have an answer at quarterback. At least the other teams will credit their slow starts or the concerns to them having young bucks at quarterback. Mm-hmm. All right. Another example is the Miami Dolphins now. How do you feel about Miami? I just that offensive line. You want to talk about bad offensive lines. Like It's hazardous to play for them. Like you look at that Buffalo game. I didn't get to see much of the Raiders game, but just the offense line, it's going to get more people hurt. Like it's just, you see the pressure they allow. And I just don't know what, what they're trying to do offensively. Like The whole Jalen Waddle, like, I think his average depth of target was like 2.8. Yeah, yeah, 12 catches for 50, 50 60 yards like, around there. Like, what? Like, why? <laughs> I'm just like... Yeah, and the whole scouting report on him coming out is he's yeah. a home run threat, field stretcher, uh, him and Fuller. Yeah, it's and just... you're treating him like a slot receiver to pick up the third and fourth. I know you don't trust your O line, but yeah, that that's a huge concern. I just think right now Miami, it seems a lot of things are indecisive. They're obviously murky QB situation. O line's bad. You don't really have much of a difference maker or running back. And I just think they're kind of throwing like they have playmakers now. They're just trying to figure out ways to get into a flow, but it's just and their defense hasn't been quite as dominant. Like they've been, they've still giving teams problems. And look, they've gone against Josh Allen and Derek Carr first two weeks. That's you know two guys that could be up there when it comes to MVP talk. Like I know we were kind of making fun of Derek Carr last week, but look, let's give Derek Carr his due. He's mm-hmm. playing like a top five quarterback right now. You know, will it, is it sustainable? Time will tell. But get you gotta give him his due. But right now, Miami, it's just you worry about them in games where if they had to score more than 20 points. that And that's a huge – if you if you're like that in the NFL, it's going to be a problem. Like similar to Pittsburgh, if you can't score more than 20 points, you're playing with fire, no matter how good your defense is. That's also a lot of pressure on your defense. Yeah, because just look at the high caliber of offenses you're playing against. But there's a lot of good offenses out there. Yeah, and if you look at Miami and their division – Sure, the Jets and the Pats are in a rebuild, re-whatever, yeah. however you want to describe look it. Look at the AFC. Look at but, those Walker yeah, teams, particularly I mean, in the north and west. Yeah, and I was going to mention just Denver and their division, some of the offenses that they have to play. Mm-hmm. So, that yeah, that's a lot of pressure on your defense. And you know what? The Raiders have won two games in overtime. Have they gotten luck? There are some people that feel as if it was lucky, you know, winning two games mm-hmm. in overtime the way you won, but I think that win that they had in Pittsburgh, more so of the spot, but then again, I sound hypocritical because I'm not that high on Pittsburgh, so do I weigh? If Pittsburgh ends up going 5-12, and 6-11, and 11, yeah. do we look back at that Raider win a I little think, skeptical? I think people look at that win more in a positive light just because it was a bit of a short week, uh, the whole 1 o'clock thing Good with point. the West Coast team, like I, I think, and People were kind of concerned because Derek Carr, that first half against the Ravens, he took a bit of a beating. And going against Pittsburgh, I know TJ Watt got injured in that game, but still, it's Pittsburgh's D line. Like one highlight, got one positive you can talk about still is like Melvin Ingram still looks amazing. Yeah, you want to talk about, I think right now he's kind of taken Dwight Freeney's throne as like the best spin move in the league because obviously Dwight Freeney had that for about fifteen years. But Melvin Ingram, good lord, when he does that spin move, but. It's just I think teams like Pittsburgh and Miami, even though I have Miami make the plus four, it's just if you're not if you have no identity offensively and you're struggling to put up twenty points, no matter how many playmakers you have, if you can't utilize them, it just you're gonna you're gonna be under five hundred at the end of the day. Yeah, Miami it their their season could really spiral out of control. 
especially with the uncertainty of Tua with his injuries again, the offensive line. And look, man, it's something that we've talked about in the past often about how you can't expect defenses to have the same turnover year in, year out. It's very rare that you get a legion of boom. That's why they're also held to that standard Mm -hmm. where you mention them with some of the top defenses because to be that great for a three, four-year stretch is very impressive. Look at the Jaguars, Bears, and 49ers as prime examples. Yeah, Yeah. it's either injuries, guys leave to get money, people hold out, they come in out of shape, whatever it might be. So it's very important. A lot of people were banking on Miami's defense to... I was too. Right, and look, I'm not saying that they're... The Jets, mm-hmm. but you can't expect Xavier Howard to, signs, to yeah. come up with, with 10 interceptions again. Right. So, man, Hunter. By the way, Hunter Renfro. Oh, <laughs> my. That God. move. Dude, I'll tell you, Hunter Renfro, Cooper Cup, man. They got to start teaching like route running classes. Like, oh, good Lord, these dudes again. I got one that I just posted right before you got on. You'll see it on my Instagram. DK Metcalf just undresses Peterson. Oh, yeah. That was bad. That one there was. There was just... a couple of dudes like Mike Williams on. Um, Mike Hughes was another one. Like the, the corners were getting toast this past week. I just <laughs> love when when you could do the all twenty two and just spotlight a wide receiver, run a crazy yeah. crisp route. It's a, like oh, a fortunate game pass is making it very very difficult. I know, dude. How you I feel about that? I can't do anything right now. Like I'm not. No gifts. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not spending ninety five hundred or how much ever it is to for a mediocre product like literally people said they go on it and it's like first off you have problems loading you know another issue is you can't go the play-by-play so the game pass used to have a play-by-play you could literally click on any play play, now you have to like fast forward rewind through a whole game i'm like you're making this more difficult why why they do that does anyone know i have no idea apparently internationally it works well i have friends over in the uk they work it perfectly america i the fuck the, and the nfl's in the <laughs> states let's get it together and I you know what's hilarious i haven't <laughs> seen game pass being promoted more than this year like this year they're promoting it heavy i'm like they never used to really promote it and now you're promoting a product that is somehow gotten worse and worse over the years so yeah i, don't know. I know some people get the all 22 access they must have their their publication must be providing it in a different way I was I was gonna get I think I asked you about it too because when I got Sunday ticket it was like an extra it was like a fifty dollar extra bonus. I mean, if you really want to rewatch games, but good luck getting the all twenty two angle. I hear it's very hard to use. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's unfortunate, man. Yeah. I don't understand it. Get get better NFL. <laughs> I feel that. All right, before we move on, let's give a roll call to the members of the Patreon. We got Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Corey Johnson, Hoops, Ryan Pisner. Derek Platees, Devin Rendon, Jordan Riley, Mike Wozniak, and Ryan Pisner. Did I say Ryan twice? No. I didn't say Ryan twice. Shouts to Ryan, the mm-hmm. Buffalo Mania brother. And also Robert Mays, annual pledge to the Patreon. Thank you for your contributions. Getting that merch out to you this week. Expect it sometime next week. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum for extra shit and a lot of cool shit. And most importantly, to support the brand. Okay, moving on. Uh, are you concerned with the rookie quarterback struggles? I think it was to be expected. One in <laughs> ten, both straight up and against the spread. Mm-hmm. And the one win, Mac Jones against Zach yeah. Wilson. Yeah. It's been pretty- I watched that game. <laughs> Oh. I've watched some really bad football. But we're not even going to mention the Giants Falcons is not deserved to be spoken about, so we're just we're not even going to discuss that. But uh, I've watched some bad football. It's been yeah, dude, and especially for us here in New York, New York. we got to watch the Jets and the Giants. Like uh, last week, I think um, one of the games was blacked out because they were showing the Jet game. I'm like, what is happening? What are we doing? What do we do? How do we not have that on? Oh, it was the Seahawks Vikings game because they had the Jets and the and the Broncos on. I'm like, oh, torture, torture. So that's your New York football minute. (laughs) But the rookie QBs. Now we can't blame COVID as an excuse for this, like we did last year, right? Mm -hmm. We were talking about how if you were a new coach, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback coming into a new team, or as a rookie, you didn't have the same off seasons and training camps that players had prior you had no preseason you had a lot of virtual meetings so you saw why some guys struggles and then some guys are just rare breeds like joe burrow and and justin herbert with that said we can't use that same excuse for these guys here what do you think the issue is 
bad teams around them. Like, like we were pretty concerned about like besides Trey Lance, I was concerned about every team supporting cast that the rookies were going to. Trevor Lawrence knew it was going to be a pub battle with Jacksonville. And then you saw in preseason uh, issues with uh, Darren Ravel, the offensive coordinator. It's like, okay, this does not look like a good fit. And now Lawrence is really pressing. He's throwing a lot of passes. Like, he's taking too many risks for my liking. Now, as a rookie QB in that situation, I guess you want him to take those chances, especially with the, with the kind of arm he has. But it's like, oh, man, he's already got, what, uh, nine interceptions? Yeah, yeah, which is in today's NFL not what you want to see, but the rest of it's just like okay, they're on pretty much below average to average rosters. Like we kind of talked about New England. I know people are saying, oh, they got talent in now, but look at the offense and look who he's throwing to. And and I think it's kind of weird. Like you watch, you want to look at Mac Jones and Zach Wilson. Like Mac Jones looks scared to throw it beyond 15 yards. Zach Wilson, he's just letting it fly. And it's leads to a lot of questionable decisions. So I just think these rookie quarterbacks are being pressed right now and they're in kind of lose-lose situations where it's just like they're going to have to take their lumps. The league leaders in interceptions thrown right now are Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, both with seven. Oh, seven. Okay. So, yeah, dude, it's, it's weird, man, because – it's it's a very delicate situation with these young quarterbacks because you ultimately don't want them to turn into damaged goods. You don't want them to get beat up. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson already sacked 15 times, I believe. Yeah, him and Justin Fields, who didn't start one game. He got sacked nine times. Have been sacked 15 and 11 times. Five sacks a game is what is happening to Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. And again, it's it's your surrounding cast. It's your coaching mm-hmm. staff. It's your offensive line. It's everything. Yeah, and on the way here, I was listening to Kevin Clark and Albert Breer. Albert Breer made a great point about this. About I know we talk about okay, teams aren't going to invest in running backs anymore, but he was talking about and Matt Ryan mentioned this and made a great point about just kind of focusing more towards the running game, but having a true workhorse. Matt Ryan talked about how like having Michael Turner come in 2008. It was Michael Turner's offense. Matt Ryan was simply a game manager. Maybe throw 20, 25 times a game. I know it's different NFL now, 2008 to 2021. But being able to put your, being able to be in more favorable situations, like a second, six, or third and two, like having that running back that could get three, four tough yards right there, it's huge. You look at these teams, they really don't have workhorse backs. Like I like Damian Harris, James Robinson's nice, but it just can't really count on them. And maybe not having the offensive line doesn't help matters either. But I think teams not, Teams going more for the rotational back, which I kind of get. You want to have two backs capable of playing, but not having that true workhorse at least take the load off, I think, is affecting some of these rookie QBs. Oh, just young QBs in general. Yeah. Do you know how many carries Miles Sanders had on Monday night? I know he had two. It was a two. Two. And, oh, okay. I know it was he had two. two carries. I know it was two. What is happening? I know one that went for like 25 yards. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> two carries, bro? Like, to me, it's just, I think. Teams are kind of great because you look at first down, all these teams want to be so aggressive now first down. It's like, oh, you got to throw on first down, which, look, to a certain extent you do. But let's not get away from the running game so much. Like, you look at the Jets, like, okay, Michael Carter has some ability. He looks exciting, but he doesn't seem like a guy that could carry the ball more than 15 times a game. So I think not having, you know, we talk about not having an O line. O lines, not many teams have an O line at this point, but not having that stable running game, is, it's an issue. And, I think Chicago might have it, but Chicago, oh, that's just a whole other situation. You know, it's it's concerning that it's happening to all the young quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to approach this with to play or not play them. Because the longer you don't play them, you start hearing that noise of what's wrong with him. Mm-hmm. Why isn't he playing? Is he a bust? Yeah. We haven't even seen him. How are we going to call him a bust, right? But then on the flip side, if you put him out there when he's not ready, it looks as bad as it has for these guys Mm -hmm. so far. And they're going to take their lumps. That's it, really. But I, I, and I also think some of these rookie QBs set the bar so high now. Like, like Justin Herbert. Like, you look at it, it's like, oh, these or Dak. Like, oh, these how rookie quarterbacks have to play. It's like, ah, it doesn't always go like that. Well, you know, I think. If I had to pick a class that ruined this trend, I would say it was 2012. Yeah, was it Luck Wilson and RG3? RG3. Yeah. And even Tannehill was mm-hmm. uh, was all right. 
And the year prior to that, Cam came in and broke the passing record for, mm-hmm. for rookies. And that was the lockout year. So he came in there in a similar situation. Now, we didn't have a pandemic that mm-hmm. these guys went through, but there was no training camp. Right. And ever since then, it's like you got to put your guy out there because mm-hmm. if he's not starting week mm-hmm. one, there's a problem. I see. I, I don't know. I just prefer looking from team to team base. And we knew Jacksonville, Jets, like it was going to take a two, three-year process. Because then the counter to that is Mahomes right. sat the whole year. Right. And now look at him. So it, it, all, it all depends. I think every player, every situation is different. Because we can't say that, oh, we thought Sam Darnold was going to play well because he's in a different situation. And Stafford was going to light it up because he, he's in a different situation. And then blame all these young quarterbacks. Because they are all in different yeah. situations. And, yeah, some of them are with first-year coaching staffs, with coaches that have never been head coach before. Yeah, so, so staying with this theme of the first-year quarterbacks, Chicago. Oof. Is it is it steaming the seat for Matt Nagy? Is like we talk about Pittsburgh first. I mean, Pittsburgh and Chicago have too much talent on their overall team to be, look ho- this hopeless offensively. To me, Chicago looked absolutely hopeless. A team with Allen Robinson, Dave Montgomery. Like, to me, Dave Montgomery has ascended. He is no longer the meme. Like he's actually a legitimately good player to be. And oh, that famous running back. Yeah, game, right? the whole Saquon. Vision and, like Zeke. Yeah. And Sony like- Michelle made a pop up. Like no, <laughs> to me, that picture, as funny as it is, like Dave Montgomery's legit good. Like I will defend Dave Montgomery now. He's not on that level, but I think he is someone that deserves to get like eighteen to twenty touches a game because I think he can make a difference. But it's just with Chicago. Ooh. Like they said uh four out of forty six snaps, Justin Fields was under center. Meaning he was like in a single back or like he that like so you're really limiting his ability to do those naked bootlegs, rollouts, and you're also limiting his ability to just utilize play action in general, just getting him on the move. Like the way they restricted him, that coaching staff, against a team that you knew that D line was gonna get after it. Like you know how dangerous Miles Garrett was, and now you have Clowney there and Malik Jackson and it's just knew they were going to get after it. And their O-line, you have Jason Peters, Jason Peters coming out of retirement on Jermaine Fetty's been a liability for years. And you run these five-man protections. Like, where are the guys that chip? Like, I know Jimmy Graham doesn't block, but at least come to chip. Like, it's just, you want to talk about making your quarterback feel hopeless. That's how I felt watching Chicago Bears. They looked hopeless. Dude, how do you have a game plan for Justin Fields that's the same as the offense you want to run with Andy Dalton? Right. Just these six-yard pass plays. But also, just just your your skill set is so much different. Uh-huh. Talked about this before on a pod. When Flacco went down with the Ravens, they bring in Lamar. They had the same offense that Flacco was running. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, that's not what he's good at. Mm-hmm. You're suppressing his talent. You're not letting him shine. Mm-hmm. And with Justin Fields, you got to be getting him on the move. If you know your offensive line is going to be a liability, why not bootleg him or right. get him throwing on the run, right. whatever it might be. Yo, I saw this dude light up Clemson and then go up against Bama. And what am I missing? You know, like this guy got talent. Nagy is, they lose this game this week. I know we're not previewing it, but they play Detroit, who I think Detroit might be the best 0 3 team in the league. Okay. And you can make a case that they should have had, a, you know, well, they should have won last week. It was a historic field goal that they lost uh-huh. on. Who's, who's there running in 0-3? It's Jacksonville, the Jets, Giants. Is there another one? Oh, Colts. So, damn, you think the Lions might be better than Colts? All right. Yeah, well, the, the, they should have a win. I know yeah. would have, could have, should have. But, yeah. but no, I do think that seat will be hot. But, look, that organization, they seem to be – they always seem to back Matt Nagy for whatever reason. But you just look at that offense, it gets just progressively worse year in and And year. it shouldn't because you're an offensive – your offensive mind, right? Andy Reid. Andy Reid yeah. thing, and everyone is praising you. That yeah. can't be the issue for yeah. you. You know, another issue, and maybe this is just for me watching just most. I, I just, I don't know, as a head coach, I like a head coach that's fully aware, someone that's like, communicating with his players. It just seemed like Matt Nagy was, is always burying his head in his, in his play sheet. This is what Ben McAdoo used to do a lot, too. It's not the, <laughs> sorry, I don't get to it. It's just coaches that bury their faces in the play sheet and don't do much else. It's like, you know, there's a lot more to this sport than just calling a bunch of plays and just looking at it like this. So that's another shot, man. Yo, you look so pissed off right now. Bro. You do know what I'm talking about, though. Ben McAdoo's the Yeah, always- man. Of course I know what, I, what you're talking about. I also know that he wanted to trade up to get Mahomes, and they said Eli had more years <laughs> left in him. 
That would have been my coach now still probably. Oh, yeah. With that big-ass play sheet. Oh, yeah. But, but yo, we weren't going we weren't going to talk about this, but with the with, with the offense thing, right? Mm-hmm. About how if you're this offensive guy, offense shouldn't be an issue for you and you should be able to delegate and get other people to do things for you. We're not going to talk about the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. I was higher on Carolina than you were coming into the year. No, wait, really? Well, I thought they could have I been thought a Carolina could have won eight, nine games. Oh, you have them as a playoff team. I had them as a okay, potential. Then, oh, then, yeah, yeah, they were they were my favorite bet to make the playoffs like long shot ish. Okay. You know, they're like four or five to one odds. Right. But with that said, what what I like that Carolina is doing is he's an offensive guy, and that's Matt Rule, who right now I think, in my opinion, is the front runner for coach of the year. If you look at what they've been doing, obviously we still got a long yeah. way to go. But three and zero, they're playing the Cowboys this week, and. I think an underlining story to this season has been how good their defense has been playing. And I know they lost J.C. Horn, but they trade for uh, Henderson mm-hmm. coming in from Jacksonville. But what Matt Rule did was he found ways to get creative with his offense because he knows offense is his thing. And, yeah, he got a better quarterback, and he got he brought, they brought in some weapons over the last uh, year and change. But they spent a lot of draft capital on defense, and their defense is playing pretty well. Right. And... I think he's focused on the offense. Matt Nagy should be focused on the offense because they have so much talent on defense. But your issue can't be the offense if you're an offensive guy. Right. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Like when Rex Ryan's defenses became an issue, you're like, what is happening here? That's what yeah. you're known as. Right. I, I think I said this on the podcast before. This is in 2016. When the Bills play the Jets week two on Thursday night, I think the Jets won like forty-one to thirty-five or something. And the Bills, Rex Ryan was the coach at the time, kept Rob Ryan but fired the offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, who's now the offensive coordinator on the Ravens. Literally after a game, forty-one thirty-five, where they allowed over five hundred yards, but the offense scored a lot of points. Fired the offense coordinator after. Just makes absolutely well. That's uh, the brother thing there. He couldn't fire his brother. <laughs> no, no wonder Rex can't get a job anymore. <laughs> but I, yeah, I told you with the when it comes to the Bears, it's just and I know people say, oh, the quarterback, the quarterback, home back. Okay, yeah, we know Trubisky's. It, it was, you know, the, we know all about the jokes there. But at this point, it's like, okay, you got your prized guy here. You you know, you trade up for him. It's like now we need to see something. And thing is, like, okay, it was his first start, but you had they said it's like 190 days since the Bears traded him. So you had 190 days to start playing. How are we going to utilize this guy? And that's what you come up with. Yeah. I, well, I, and they I, play. I, I, they play at home against the Lions. Yeah. Get, get ready. Chicago is going to let them have it. Oh, that if fan they, base. Is if they do some dumb shit, three and out to start the drive, it is going to get rained on with booze oh. and. Middle fingers like Eli <laughs> on Monday Night Football. Hey, let's start talking about some of these games. Okay. Uh, I'm very excited for the slate again. I thought week three was tremendous, and I think this week is going to also be really, really good. Let's start off with the Rams and Cardinals. Right now, the two favorites to win MVP, per the odds, are Matthew Stafford and Kyler Murray. Two teams, Alan, that I feel stronger about one than I do about the other. The one I feel strong about is the Rams mm-hmm. as opposed to Arizona because I don't think Arizona's strength of schedule has been that impressive. I know they stomped on the Titans, and now the Titans have won two games in a row, and they're close to eight-point favorite against the Jets on the road. Mm-hmm. Probably should win that, mm-hmm. though I am sensing a little uh, upset in the making there. I think this is a monster game because we kept talking about the NFC West being so dominant. And my hot take was that all four teams are going to make the playoffs this year. This is the first matchup in division for either side. And it's huge. Talking about tiebreakers, conference tiebreakers. The Rams are at home. How do you feel about this game? How it's shaping up? You talk about big games. I think this might might be the biggest game of Cliff Kingsbury's young career. I think it's a huge test for him. Nah, not a hot take. I thought you were gonna say something about the Rams, and I was like, no, no, no. That's that would be a hot take if you said that. That would be nah. They, they passed last week's yeah, test, yeah, flying yeah. colors. They did their thing. Uh, Stafford looked as composed as ever. I just think the Cardinals is like now you want to see them start proving on a huge stage, and you, know, you want your crazy state. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is fourth on the team in targets. 
Yeah. Yeah. Bro, so AJ Green, his first 100-yard game since 2018. Welcome back to the NFL. Oh, and even, yo, DJX. DJX right. last week, over 100 yards. First right. one. You knew they were going to get it finally. Since yeah. 2019 that he had yeah. 100 yards. Yeah. I'm, I'm a bit concerned about this matchup for the Corns just because they always have a questionable line. The Corns aren't all that great. And you just look at the Rams. like They're just firing on all cylinders right now. Like they're just everything about them seems so efficient. They're creating openings. Seems like every other play, like Cooper Cup's just roaming free now. Cooper Cup caused to get open, but I love just some of the things they're running from. Like you saw that first touchdown, where it's like they stacked them up with Van Jefferson, Robert Woods, and this is like they both ran, ran inside routes to have the natural pick, and then boom, Cup wide open end zone. And just I don't know, I don't think Arizona quite has the personnel. They they desperately need. Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt to go off to mm-hmm. win this game. And they also have to contest with, and to me, it's the best receiver core matchup in the league, DeAndre Hopkins, Jalen Ramsey. You know that's going to be the matchup. And Ramsey has gotten the better of him in the past. So I just think Arizona, they're going to really need their stars to win this game because on paper, like... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Otherwise, I think the Rams are superior. Jalen Ramsey does so well against wide receivers that are that size. Mm-hmm. You know, those bigger, longer guys. Yeah. He plays well because he matches up with them. Mm-hmm. And I think the one thing that I'm looking for in this game is how do the Rams continue momentum off that big win? Because this is a spot now with the Rams where I think this – you want to talk about a hot take. I think if they could beat the Cardinals this week – it might be just as impactful as them being beating the Bucks, And here's why. Because you had all that momentum and expectations going into that Bucks game. It's Brady. We're in Hollywood. Sold out stadium. The stars are out. This is the Super Bowl champ. You beat them. Now you're everyone's number one team on the power rankings. Are you going to not look past because it's in division, but is there going to be a flat spot? Is it going to be a letdown spot? I think this game is just as important for the Rams as it was last week. Right. Especially when you look at this team is undefeated. Mm-hmm. You want to try to keep momentum and hold on to that top seed now because, man, the way the L.A. Stadium has been looking for them and sounding, mm-hmm. it looks like L.A. football is a real thing over there, yeah. despite these teams not being there four years ago <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And I just think also Arizona with their firepower. Like the one thing you have to recognize Arizona is they have a – we talked about AJ Green before, but likes of Rondell Moore and uh, Christian Kirk, like they have, their weapons. They have a wide array of them, and then they got James Conner going. So I think there's just a lot of playmakers on both sides of the ball. It's just like you, when you look at it, it's like I trust the coaching staff and defense of the Rams a lot more than mm. say Arizona's defensive coach staff. So I think the Rams, you know, I would pick them without hesitation. But when it comes to importance of this, I think you definitely want to see them make another statement because. You know, Arizona, like if you if you leave them lurk, like you, we know Kyler as structure, he could create magic out of nothing. And if this game stays competitive, you give to Kyler that last possession, things could get bad. Yeah, what wide receiver core would you want of the bunch? Ooh, there's a lot of because I'm I'm gonna go Rams. Rams, yeah. I I know it's I know. Look, Arizona obviously has the alpha dog or alpha man. I, I don't know, bro. I love Cooper Cup, but like, come on. <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah. Let's not get Hopkins, 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 Hopkins. But I, I like, I think I like the Rams' skill set more. The the range between the the play, the deep threat with Jackson Woods being that scrappy possession here, Cooper Cup being just the 
savvy route runner and he seems like he do it all now. But uh, even Van Jefferson's making plays too. So like both these teams, they could go four wide. Yeah. Which is, I think that creates a lot of possibility. Yeah, That's a good man. question though. And I think it, you can make a debate for both. Yeah, and look, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep mentioning his name because I guarantee you he's gonna catch like a 65 yard touchdown. You love it, him, uh, Atwell. That oh, kid is, okay. I thought you were gonna go Rondo Moore. Oh, more. I mean, we saw Moore yeah. have a monster yeah. game uh, two weeks ago it's against Vikings, Minnesota, yeah. but this dude uh, Atwell is again. It's basically if you like Deshaun Jackson, this kid is the same thing. Same body built, same speed, the whole nine. Mm-hmm. And the last thing that I want to say here is. As someone who is financially invested to the Rams, the one big concern that I had, and I still do, is their depth is not as good. And it seems to have been the issue the last couple of years, but they got a lot of depth at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. However, I do feel as if Cooper Cup might be him and Devontae Adams right now, in my opinion, are the most valuable wide receivers to their teams. And I'll, I'll throw Tyreek in there, too. Yeah. And then I think there's a drop off. Because Buffalo's been getting by without that 160-yard game from Stephon Diggs. And maybe like Keenan Allen you could throw in the mix too because he gets like 10 to 12 targets a game too. Just look at what Mike Williams is playing. But Mike Williams has emerged as a guy who, yo, I'm trying to get paid a contract year for for me as well. You look look at the duels in Dallas and Tennessee and Seattle. But as far as like alphas, those guys are very, very important for their team success. But to wrap up on this game, I think I'm going to go with the Rams as yeah, well. I me, want this momentum to keep going, yeah. keep balling out. And look, they're fun to watch too, man. Because, yo, the Rams were not fun for a little bit. Well, before McVay. I think for most part, since McVay's gotten there, they've been. But even if you think the last, like, two years. That's fair, yeah. After they, 2019, after, they made the playoffs. And then last year was a bit of a grind. I think I think people just love their defense because obviously they are the best defense right. league last year. But those last two years of golf, so you just realize, wow, this team is being really hindered by them yeah because when mcveigh got there he turned that whole franchise around Mm -hmm. and then that one year when they went to the super bowl it's like yo this dude went toe-to-toe with mahomes that shootout game and they're putting up big numbers and all these guys brandon cooks also yeah so i'm going with the rams as well yeah the return of tom brady to foxborough hmm have you seen the prices for this game? I've not seen prices. I'll admit the, the promos are very good. It's very WrestleMania-esque. Love like, it. I love the caliber of it. Like, I don't think the game's going to be all that competitive, but the buildup has been, all right, you got me. Look, they are a seven-point favorite going into Foxborough. Do you think the fans should boo him? Absolutely. If you boo Tom Brady, you should lose it. <laughs> Get the Dude, the guy gave you nine, what, 19, 20 years of excellence. Like, you, January, you know, fan bases beg for January football. Like, a lot of teams are not relevant in January. The Patriots were relevant in January for nine, two, two, two decades. decades. Like, if you boot Tom Brady, shame on you, man. Like, why? Tell me, give me a valid reason why someone should boot Tom Brady. Yeah, because he wanted to say that. They didn't want to pay him. Can, can you blame him? Like, look yeah. at Tampa. Tampa's a very, Tampa is very attractive. I know it didn't look like it initially, but. Like, come nah, on. the weapons that he has down yeah. there, it's not even comparable. But to uh, look, everything is wrestling. It's something I always say. The promos have been fantastic. They even brought a Dell out. Yo, that, was commercial. Crazy. that was hilarious. I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> but do you think it's a bigger game for Brady or for Belichick here? Uh, or is it just a regular season game? I think it's just a regular season game. If I had pick one, it'd be Belichick just because all right, Brady's already won a Super Bowl. And like, what more does Brady really have to prove? Nothing. Yeah. Literally, you don't got to prove anything. Yeah. And I don't think Belichick has much to prove either. But if you want to pick the one, I guess it's just Belichick. Because I think they're starting to pay the price New England of bad drafts class. Mm-hmm. I think that's why the free agent frenzy happens. Because they have not drafted well over the past few years. We know about their issues not being able to get receiver. But even the offensive line's not looking that good anymore. And that was supposed to be a strength going into the year. So right now, Patriots, I think they just have an average roster, which kind of called it the earlier you know when we were doing a preview i was like yeah i don't think this roster is that good and so far it just you watch them play it's like it's kind of a struggle mm-hmm. besides damien harris i don't think anyone's really shined yeah and i mean he had that one outrageous run against the jets yeah. where he carried like four or five <laughs> jet defenders into the end zone you know this game i can see it could get ugly Mac, I, Mac Jones against that pass rush? That Yeah, that. And also, I could just see them running up the score on New England. This wouldn't be a game. 
This wouldn't be a game that I would have highlighted. Uh-huh. Like, I think there are more compelling games from a who can win uh-huh. standpoint. Like, I think the Dallas Cowboys and Panthers game yeah, might be a, a game a that I'm one. very be, excited to watch. That shoot up possibility. But this one has the storylines of Brady coming back mm-hmm. the whole nine. What do you make of some of the injuries to Tampa Bay secondary? They just brought in Richard Sherman. Right. I think they don't make that move if their guys were healthier, if they felt confident. Mm-hmm. They've been getting lit up through the air. Because yeah, you look at Murphy Bunting and Carlton Davis, like losing those two because they're the two main stars now. You have like Jamel Dean and I saw some guy Delaney who was trying to cover Cooper Cup. That went badly. So I think at this point, Tampa Bay, they recognize their personnel issues and they're going to address it. So... Uh, as for Sherman, of course, I hope he's mentally all right after everything that's happened in the offseason. Hopefully, he, he's taken along slowly. But when it comes to getting an upgrade, if, if Sherman could be just average, he's probably better than the rest of them because I think Tampa Bay rests a lot on their front seven to create pressure. Like I don't think they have the personnel to hang with the best receivers. But you know Sherman, with his physicality and his savviness, I think he can make an impact. It's just a matter of you know where his head is at. I'm a little concerned about Tampa Bay secondary and also their running game. Seems to just be just non-existent. So what they they trailed obviously against the Rams a lot the first two yeah first two weeks they didn't really do they didn't do yeah, much they, they didn't do I just think they don't have a complete like I think next year I like to see them not maybe not in the first round because I don't want the draft community to get them but at least maybe in the second round draft like Ashford running back like a true complete back. Because I just think they're getting they're getting by with just one dimensional running backs or just and, plotters, and, and it seems like their offense is very predictable. I, I would love to get a chart of when Gio Bernard's on the field, how many passes are called, because mm-hmm. it just seems like anytime he comes in, it might be like one run play every nine snaps. Yeah, so teams get the teams. Back. Yeah, you know, it, it's very similar to when James White used to be in. Mm-hmm. James White now out for the year, by the way. I don't know if you saw that report. I did, yeah first it was supposed to be a week-to-week hip injury and then they just shut him down uh and you know he's he's a guy who i always like watching and he kind of just he's a very important player look he he should have won super bowl mvp against the falcons scored three touchdowns i know that's a sensitive subject do you think the patriots defense can hold up no like (laughs) it's still on gilmore i think judon's actually been productive i'll give that i see him making plays but it's just as good as I think JC Jackson and Jones, they have like decent corners, but it's just against Tampa Bay, you gotta have you gotta have true top town back there. Like you gotta be able to get try try at least harass Brady to a certain extent, but it's just they have so many different ways. And the way Brady Brady just looks a lot comfortable now running play action, like he's just eating teams up with it. And now that Gronk's looking extra spry, it's just they have so many weapons. Ian Fabi, I'm not sure if Antonio Brown's gonna play this week. But still, the likes of Godwin and his rapport with Godwin's getting a lot better. Last year, they weren't quite on the same page, and Godwin's still a little bit with the dropsies, which I was surprised about because when Godwin first came to the league, he didn't have any drops the first two years, and then something happened last year where he had like six drops in the playoffs. Yeah, and that Washington game, he had like four. Well, do you think it's also yeah. that he started getting way more targets? Also, maybe those first he was couple getting years a lot though with Winston. That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah right. I don't know what happens, but there they got the rapport down. So I just think, dude. We know Tampa Bay's offense is a juggernaut. They've built what they've built there, especially the old line too. I just, I really don't see what response the Lincoln have. Like it's going to take something completely off the guard, like no one saw coming for this game to be competitive. Yeah, I feel the same way. Because you can't run on Tampa. Like the best hope for them is to run them, but like good luck trying to run on Tampa. Well, Mac Jones is going to have to win it for them, and I don't know if that offense has enough to be able to get into shootouts. They have to think to dunk their way. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. I got Tampa Bay winning this rather comfortably. Yeah. yeah to me, it's Brady getting a QB sneak up like 28. I hope he does one spike. Like, yeah. I hope he like <laughs> Eli Manning's. Oh, that'd be harsh. <laughs> Eli Manning just double middle yeah. finger to Belichick. Imagine. Because oh, I, I'm, I'm hearing a couple of things. Apparently, they're still not on good terrors, but I think eventually, once they both retire, I think it'll be okay. Yeah, but probably. I, I think it was just a very salty. Dude, movie. it's a, it's, it's a breakup. Yeah, you can't be friends with your ex immediately after you guys break up, especially after 19 years. Yeah, of course you don't yeah. want to see each other or talk to each other down the line. You know, you unblock them on Instagram. <laughs> you follow Imagine them back. 
<laughs> you see them at the bar. You say hello. Hey, this is my significant other hey, now. Hey, I don't know if you saw the Ja Rule uh, Fat Joe versus, but you saw Nelly after six years of not talking to Ashanti. He went for that hug right away, and it was like it was like a. At first, it was a little unsettling, but then Ashanti gave him like that motherly hug. So yeah, give it six you years. Need I guess. time, bro. Yeah. You need time. It's all good. I hated my ex-girlfriends when we yeah. first broke up. Now I see them. I'm like, congrats. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. You give, you give them the congrats. I give them the congrats. That's how we do it. Okay. Last game we got to talk about. Monday night. Primetime, baby. Absolute banger. I want to see SoFi turn up with the Chargers now at home. Their first primetime I game. hope they turn up because their Raiders fan base, they will invade. Yeah. Yeah. And you got the Raiders who are undefeated. You got the Chargers who are 2-1. and one. I'm very, very excited for this one. I might even go out to the bar for this game. That's how pumped I am. Quote of the weekend from week three. They ask the coach for the Chargers, Staley, hey, why'd you go for it on fourth and eight, fourth and night? And he goes, because my quarterback's a gangster. It's like, yeah, I love that shit. And you know why? I love that play call back in week one. In overtime, the fourth and one play action, Joe Burrow hits... The tight end over the top. Mm-hmm. I like, yo, Lamar, you want, maybe not Lamar, he's a bad example because yeah. he's been in the league for a while, but still, Lamar's still young. Trust your playmaker. Trust your play. playmaker. Trust yeah. your quarterback. Get the locker room to be like, yeah. yo, you know what? I'm buying in on this guy. Especially, you identify the matchup. Like, you look at what both Baltimore and the Chargers did. It's like, okay, you're going against Mahomes. You're going, you gotta realize you do not want the ball in this guy's hands, and we're gonna do everything possible. To make sure he does not get the ball back. We're going to trust our players. Even in do or die situations, we're going to trust them. And they deliver. Why not go for it there? Right? Like, you know what play blew my mind in overtime of that Raider game when Miami kicked the field goal to tie it? Yeah, it's like, what's the purpose? What's the purpose of that? Yo, if you're in overtime... Say our two teams, we're both coaches for two teams. You get the ball first, you score a field goal. I get the ball next. I'm sorry, I'm not kicking a field goal. Unless it comes down to a situation where it's like fourth and 19. Yeah, and it's fourth and two in Miami. Yeah, what are we doing? I'm going for it. Because then you could just get the ball and guess what? You can kick a field goal and win the game. Right. So I'm not giving you a chance to win the game. And not to mention, you're probably not going to have another possession after that because with the way that the mints are down. It's yeah, only 10 it's 10 minutes now. Yeah. And there was like four minutes left in that game. Like, it just sometimes the play calling is just out of control for me. I don't, I don't get it. Like I'm, We call it like situational management. Like some coaches, they nail it because they're all in and they believe in their talent, while these other coaches are just too conservative for their own good. Yo, the Manning cast, Peyton Manning was losing his mind. Like McCarthy, call a timeout oh, there. Like, what are we doing? What is, what is going on? <laughs> It was like it was the most basic thing. Like all you had to do was just manage the clock. Like you gotta realize, I still like. What are you gonna do with those two Bro, timeouts? In Madden, now? in Madden, you call timeout. The there. computer does that. Like, <laughs> like what? Like, like what are you gonna do with those two timeouts, Mike McCarthy? Oh, they're gonna go to the second half now. Like you're gonna have five timeouts now. It's like use your timeouts. It makes no sense. It uh, makes no sense at all. And but Staley's brilliant. Yo, look, you gotta. To beat teams like that on the road mm-hmm. against a team that's been running shit in your division, you got to take chances. Right. Look, it's one of those, if it didn't work out, we, you know we'd be saying, oh, he's an idiot. He should have done this. Nah, man. I'm always for the aggressiveness. Right. I, I want a guy that got balls. Look, put him on the table. This is yeah. what we're dealing with. Let's go for it. Let's do that shit. Right. Especially when I got a guy like Herbert. Yeah. I'm just fascinated also with the coaching matchup. We got young hotshot defensive mind going against... I'm not gonna call Gruden a dinosaur, but man, the old, old scientist John been Gruden. Been a lot, been around. Yeah, he's been around. <laughs> just, it's it's a fun match. I just I just love seeing how animated John Gruden is. Like, regardless if his team's winning or not, like John Gruden's always just so animated. Like he's just he's always pumped up, and it's kind of crazy that this the already the Raiders now have two Monday night games, but they're entertaining. Yeah, which team do you think has surprised you more? Oh, it has to be the Raiders. Yeah, right. Because we were pretty high on the Chargers coming in, and that's true. It's just the Raiders. It just seemed like their off season was so confusing between the weird contract of Kenyon Drake, and then what they're losing the offensive linemen. Yeah, and not really replacing them. And defensively, it's like okay, you sign Ngakwe, but like Ngakwe's been around a bit now. Like, you really gonna trust him in a as the featured pass rusher? But like, look what dude, you want to talk about? We talk about Max Crosby. Max Crosby might be the most improved player in the league. 
Mm. Like he's literally one of like I think in terms of pass rushing, like I think he's up there most pressures generated. Like it's like him and Miles Garrett right now. Like he's on that level, and Krause's making a huge difference, which they need because after whole uh, Clint Farrell disaster with that fourth pick, they need someone to step up. So him and Gawker are getting after. And we talked about for years, like who could forget? Uh, like after what was it? Five weeks after Cleo Mack trade, John Gruden in the press conference goes. Really need a pass rush right yeah, now. It's like, no shit. You had the best one probably in the league. <laughs> but, hey, he's got pass rush now. So, I like what they're building there. Even though the offseason, it just seemed like no one really knew what they were doing. Yeah. And on the flip side, you got a offensive line for the Chargers that I watched a breakdown of what they've been doing on third downs. Did you watch that clip? No, no. About how they go up-tempo where the line would go and set up. And then Lindsley would look back at Herbert. He'd get the call. And then immediately when he would put his hand down, snap the ball. Wow. And they've converted about, I think it was 13 of the 16 third downs that they've oh, done so that. To throw. And you'll watch the clip of DBs aren't set up. Mm-hmm. Linebackers are turning to safeties like, yo, you're over there. This strong side, whatever it might be. And then before you know it, you're in panic mode. So you got to be extremely That's why Keenan Allen is yeah. open by 12 yards. Yeah. No one's around them, yeah. and he's converting third downs. I, I saw a two-point conversion against the Chiefs where Mike Williams was white. Like, I don't know if it was Honey Badger or or Shed, but one of them was just on the other side of the field. The next thing you know, like, as Herbert's throwing out to Williams, like, a corner is, like, four yards away from easy two-point conversion. So, I do what you mean when the, the quick snaps. And that guy like Lindsey, all-pro center, right. you could do things like that. Yeah, and Slater has been... What an asset. I mean, yeah. Dude, if you look at the last five years... Some of the best guys in the rookie classes have been linemen, right? Mm-hmm. Worfs, right. Nelson, mm-hmm. him now. So that dude has solidified that offensive line and all the all the moves that they made in the offseason as well. Yeah. I'm very bullish on this Chargers team. And I think if you want to be taken seriously, you're in a primetime spot right now. It's the first one for Herbert since that Saints game, I think. They played that Saints Monday night game. Right. That was a really tricky opponent. But now there's expectations, and if you want to make a case for MVP, which is what I want you to do, right, as someone that's financially invested in this, this is one of those standalone games where, do you remember Lamar in 2019, they played the Pats on Sunday Night Football? And the Pats came in undefeated. Right. They were like 8-0, and 9-0. But it was that wacky year with the Pats where... They played a lot of soft... A lot of yeah. like weak QBs, quarterbacks. Yeah, we were talking about like Case Keenum. Yeah. They played Daniel worse. Jones on yeah. Thursday. Yeah. You know what I mean? The Sam Darnold and shit mm-hmm. like that. And then you go into Baltimore and they blow the doors off New England. The next day, that Monday, Lamar Jackson becomes the favorite for the MVP. Does not look back after that. Obviously, that was week nine, and you had that huge sample size of half the season that Lamar was lighting it up, but that really solidified him as the MVP. I think Justin Herbert and the Chargers, this is a big statement kind of game because the Raiders have a lot of public perception and sort of a huge fan base, and they're a team that resonates with NFL fans. Like The league is better when the Raiders are good. Yeah. Right, sort of like the Knicks in basketball. When the Knicks are good, perfect comparison. You want to have the Raiders a lot of dysfunction through yeah. the years of both, right? right. But you want to have the Raiders be good. Mm-hmm. And now you got them undefeated. Your prime time, your home building, first time SoFi is going to have a night game. I'm I'm very excited for this, mm-hmm. and I think the one guy that deserves his flowers early on in the year, a guy that I highlighted, Sante Samuel Jr. Ooh, that dude is just. Yeah money so far and chris harris have really formed a nice tandem there and then derwin james right. too which i want to see what his status is because he got banged up but it's mm-hmm. not supposed he was all smiles in the press conference which is good to I see hope, because to me the two biggest things and if you want to get into picks why i'm going to charge i think him and joy bosa will be the difference makers you know, joy bosa had 10 pressures against the chiefs like he was creating crazy amount of pressure. i think he had a one half sacks he might have had i know he had one sack Joey Bosa's gap there, and against that Raiders all line, especially particularly against Leatherwood, I think he could just eat up Leatherwood. Mm-hmm. And then another thing, like, so against the Chiefs, I think Travis Kelsey had over 100 yards, but like 60 of those yards came when Derwin James was injured. And now look who he's going up against. He's going up against Darren Waller now. Oh. So you want to talk about a matchup, Derwin James and Darren Waller. 
And after the job that uh, Derwin James did on Kelsey, I'm thinking, oh, if if if, because if to me, if you lock up Waller, which is obviously a huge ask because look, Waller is just a freak of nature. But if you could limit Waller, that offense is going to have problems moving the ball. So to me, why I'm so high on the charge and I think they're going to win this game is just you have Waller and Bosa. I mean, excuse me, you have James taking care of Waller, at least limiting him, and then Bosa doing work on that right side. Two of their best defensive players could easily have a huge impact on this game. And I also don't think uh, the Raiders have the corners to last with the, you know, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams either. So I think this game really bodes well for Chargers. Yeah, it's set up to be a nice statement win for the Chargers there. And then, you know, depending on what happens in that Baltimore-Denver game, you might be looking at a – the Chargers would step in as – if Denver was to lose, the Chargers would step in as first place in that division. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be fun, man. I'm super pumped for this slate. Assume uh, you're going Chargers. I'm going Chargers. Yeah. yeah. Now I don't know if they cover the three and a half. That half mm-hmm. point really scares me. The hook, but the Chargers. Th- this should be a game where you know I could see them being up ten and then a late touchdown kind of yeah. situation like that. You don't see too many safety tight end matches. I that Derwin James Darren Waller. Yo, when you have a tight end like that, mm-hmm. maybe that could be it too. Why you don't spotlight it too much? Because how many tight ends? Are there of that magnitude? What's up with your boy in Atlanta? He's he's got to figure out a way to get the ball before the fourth quarter. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man! I bet him for rookie of the year. But uh, like you look at like man, you look at that Sunday night game. Just quick slant to Kittle and look what he did. He put him in position to win the game. Unfortunately, they they left too much time for Rodgers. But but like you look at the tight ends, Kittle, Kelsey, and Waller. Like those three could just take over a game at any point. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more. But I'm going. I'm going with the Chargers too. Uh, all right, man. This was fun. I totally forgot by the way. Baltimore, Denver. Like I'm. I'm kind of just asleep on Denver. I'm waiting for Denver to play a real team. Yeah. Well, yeah, dude. Like this is this is a big game for Denver, right? Yeah. Because you you're three and zero, but you know how many wins the three teams that you beat have? Zero. Mm-hmm. So you know, look, you play who's on your schedule. I get that, but I also have the right to be like, yeah, you know, what? I'll take you too serious. Yeah. So you have that, and then uh, we mentioned a little before Dallas, Carolina should be. And now, now also Denver is getting banged up at wide receiver. Lost oh, Judy, Hamler. Hamler's yeah. out now. I know we like Tim Patrick, but now you're asking him cluster injuries all to yeah. that unit. Now you're asking him to be opposite of Cortland Sutton. It's a lot. It's a big ask. So uh, I'm I'm excited for that game you just mentioned. Now Panthers Cowboys. Yeah. I want to see how for real. Carolina defenses. Carolina's defense, yeah. Carolina's offense too. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, you're in a big spot now. You're America's game of the week. Anytime it's Dallas. Right. And in that one o'clock window, I think it's the most compelling game. Right. Because then you got the Rams and Cardinals in the afternoon, four o'clock Eastern time. And then you got the two night games that we highlighted. Boom. No, and then Justin Matt McCaffrey. Yeah, but yeah, that that dude is nice. You like uh Chubba? Chubba Hubbard is All nice. Right. Coming out of Oklahoma State, okay. I, I was a big fan of his. He was like if he went to a team like Jacksonville, I think he could have won that job. A team like, you know, putting myself on the spot now. Yeah, I'd say even Jets, Vegas. Yeah, Jets yeah. for sure. You know, a team that doesn't really have a, a running back, mm-hmm. he'd be able to step in and take that job. Yeah, all right, that's the spotlight on him. Spotlight on him. Room. Alan, where can they find you if they want to contact you? Alan Sturk, A L L E N S T R K. Anything you're working on? At the moment, it's just weekly columns about quite possibly the dullest team in football right now. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sorry, I cannot talk much. Like they are just it's 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 a hard watch. Like to me, if that Giants Falcons game was on prime time, it would have set the sport back a couple years. Oh, dude, dude yeah. it was a slog. And like, even though it's it, it could be fun writing about Cordell Patterson at 30 years old having a breakout season, it's just it's it's a rough watch. And like, it's it's. It's a good thing the Falcons only have two primetime games this year. And one of them is at 9.30 in the morning in London against the Jets, which the you Jets, don't have to yeah, watch. Yeah, in two weeks. Yeah. Well, next week, I think it is. Yeah. I think it's next week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that team does not deserve to be on national television. Hey, man, I, I used to I used to do videos for Chat Sports, and I used to have to cover the Knicks when they won like 18 games. So trying to come up with content ideas, it would always be like, all right, another fake trade. <laughs> Because it's like, what am I going to... Fake, but fake trades work a lot more in basketball than football. <laughs> right, because they're more likely to happen, yeah. too, or you can get a crazy superstar to come in. But uh, when it's when it's a dull, just not entertaining, not competitive kind of team, and you have to break them down, it's like, oh, my God, I this know. is just... 
that's rough. I know. I just want to see Matt Ryan throw the ball 30 yards. I just want to see that feeling. I do think a Calvin Ridley breakout is coming soon, though. Very soon. Hey, Washington can't really cover a wood right now, so could happen. What's good with Washington, bro? That defense is a little suspect, Allen. Other than Jonathan Allen, nobody's going to QB. I think Jonathan Allen, nobody else right now. And then William Jackson has been kind of disaster. You saw Slayton tear him up week two. And the linebackers are bad. Like, they just seem like those, like a lot of those touchdowns that Josh Allen threw or scored, it was not contested. And that was the scary part. Kind of like with Philly and Dallas on Monday night. The worst is when your defense is not even contesting passes. It's just wide open looks. And it's just like there's a defender within five yards. It's like... What are we doing? Where is everyone? Yeah, so that's that's a big concern in Washington. Nick Day is 10 is where you can find me on all social media outlets. Check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe if you haven't yet. And we'll catch you guys next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.